0: Escape the Ordinary with Green and Black's Organic Chocolate, sponsor of the Women's Podcast. A rich, intense chocolate to savour. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Rosheen Ingle. There have now been more than 400 deaths from COVID-19 and over 12,000 cases of the virus in this country. To keep up to date with this constantly changing situation, listen to Confronting Corona, the Irish Times podcast hosted by Deirdre Valden on irishtimes.com and wherever you find your podcasts. This episode is the live recording taken from the first ever Zoom event for the Women's Podcast Last Saturday night, Marion Keyes joined me and a whole host of podcast listeners on Zoom for a virtual get together. In this conversation, Marion spoke about lockdown life and her continued obsession with cosmetics, which hasn't gone away in the pandemic, and about cooking proper fancy dinners out of a book, how it helps keep her mind off things. There's also some great listener questions at the end of the discussion. Check out At IT Women's Podcast on Twitter or Facebook. For information on any upcoming live events. And speaking of listeners, we want to bring you a couple of really nice emails we've got in. We're really grateful to you for sending them into the women's podcast at irishtimes.com. And do keep letting us know what you'd like us to cover during this time, because you've come up with some great ideas and you've really informed what we've been talking about here. The first email is from Margaret Silva. She says, your podcast exposes issues and topics that we need to hear about Please keep up the great work. Your podcast makes my gratitude list. Stay safe and take care. That's really nice, Margaret. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And also a great email from April who says, I listened to the most recent podcast and I really felt for you when you got upset about missing your mum. It's great that you were so real in the podcast. It allows others to feel those hard feelings and normalizes them. So thank you. And the podcast is brilliant now more than ever. I look forward to listening With three small kids at home, it is my sanctuary. Oh, April, I really appreciate that. And I did wonder whether to keep in the bit in the last episode where I uh, broke down, I suppose, into tears when I was talking to my mum. But then when I was going through it afterwards, I just thought, well, I'm not the only one having these moments. And I think we're all starting to feel a bit of what you could call pandemic fatigue or, uh, as I talked about it in my column on Monday, on Wednesday. Lockdown lethargy, where we know what we have to do, and we're going to keep doing it, but it's getting a little bit harder, and especially as you say if you've got small kids at home or if you're just worrying about your relatives who are cocooning and there's all sorts of reasons, and I don't think anybody should judge anybody else for how they're feeling during this. We just need to be there for each other and understand that it affects people in so many different ways, and I hope that on this podcast you're getting a sense of that but also that you're getting some lightness because we are trying to bring you up a bit on this podcast and to sort of make you laugh, which I hope this episode will do. And before we get to the main episode proper, I just wanted to bring you something uplifting from Forbes magazine, which had an article this week about how women leaders around the world are performing brilliantly in this crisis, from Angela Merkel in Germany to Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. And Forbes magazine says, Looking for examples of true leadership in a crisis, from Iceland to Taiwan and from Germany to New Zealand, women are stepping up to show the world how to manage a messy patch for our human family. Add in Finland, Iceland and Denmark, and this pandemic is revealing that women have what it takes when the heat rises in our houses of state. And they end with a great paragraph which says there have been many years of research timidly suggesting that women's leadership styles might be different and beneficial. Instead, too many political organisations and companies are still working to get women to behave more like men if they want to lead or succeed. Yet these national leaders around the world are case study sightings of the seven leadership traits men may want to learn from women. It's time we recognized it and elected more of it. So there you go. Forbes magazine giving the thumbs up to all those excellent women around the world who are just handling this crisis so well for their respective countries. Now, back to today. She's wise, she's wonderful, and she has been a truly great friend to this podcast since the very beginning. I'm delighted to say our first public event on Zoom was a huge success thanks to the fantastic Marion Keys, She had some great advice for life in lockdown, but we also just had the crack. Thanks to everyone who joined us for our big Saturday Night In, sponsored by Green and Blacks, and do stay tuned for more events that we'll be running over the next few weeks. Until then, she sold more than 35 million books, including her latest number one bestseller, Grown Ups. Here she is, the one and the only Marion keys? I suppose the first thing is, and I think it's really important to say that we're all coping with this in different ways. And some of us are finding that we're coping with this isolation and the restrictions, uh, the fact that we're looking at the death toll rising, the people who are sick, the people working in hospitals, and then dealing with our own circumstances, whether it's being separated from people we're close to or financially struggling or losing our jobs. There's, there's so many layers and levels to this that it's quite overwhelming and some people are finding that they're coping very well and some people are finding that they're not coping and that's okay and there's also a lot of people seem to be doing a lot of writing books and uh, learning flower arranging and becoming experts in uh, uh, you know origami I saw some embroidery going on I mean that's not I'm not doing that but you know there's a lot of different things happening for people so how's your lockdown going Marion?
1: I suppose it's different day to day. Um, A lot of the time I, I kind of float through the days. It's like I've kind of shut down an awful lot of myself in order to survive. Um, And I do almost nothing. Like I think about food an awful lot. Um, And I think about sleeping an awful lot. Um, And, you know, my, my sort of cognitive brain doesn't really work, you know, and my imagination isn't really showing up either. It's just like kind of shutting down all the extra parts of me and it's kind of been reduced to the basics. Um, today, I'm really tired. And actually, that, that's kind of characterised an awful lot of this for me. And it's because, I, you know, I was reading about it because we're all in a state of hypervigilance you know, we're all really alert to danger at the moment and we're in fight or flight mode. And, you know, that kind of constant surveillance is exhausting. Like, you know, we're so careful not to touch people and not to get too close to people. And, you know, even if we're on our own in the house, we're aware, well, I suppose I am aware of of all the dangers. So yeah, it, I find, you know, I mean, because this has been very sudden, like it came out of a clear blue sky and this kind of huge fear and this big change to our circumstances has landed on us suddenly. And I can only speak for myself, but I'm on this kind of, you know, severe learning curve to try and to try and adapt. And that's tiring. So I'm tired today and I was sad today as well. And the sadness comes and goes. Um. The sadness is mostly about you know, lost time. I think the change in the weather has made me sad. It's like it's lovely, it's sunny, it's Easter, and um, and and I suppose I'm missing all of those kind of opportunities to see like my nieces and nephews and you know, the, the connections. You know, because the things that really make me happy are the people I love, spending time with them, and. And when that's taken away, there's there's a big loss for me. Um, so that's kind of how I am today. But basically, I'm I am fine in that. Like I absolutely accept that this is the way it must be. Like I have no intention of kind of doing a sneaky back road middle of the night dash to the hinge or anything like that. Um, I you know I I really really feel kind of a sense of of connectedness with everybody. Like we're all in this together and. Um, you know, and I feel a, a sense of responsibility and a duty to everyone else in the country. And I know that, that that's reciprocated. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of how I am. You know, I accept that that life. I mean, I never thought we'd be going back to normal on Monday. Um, I knew that it was going to be a much longer um, transition. Um, so basically, I'm grand. I'm grand, but tired and perpetually hungry. Someone
0: just um, put on the text there the loss of things, you know, when, you, when things are taken away from you, has it heightened? I think for a lot of us, we've got a jar here. It's an empty um, Gherkins jar. And we've started putting things in it that we want to do when this is all over. Mm. And it's been really helpful. So there's a certain, and one of them actually is swimming in the sea in Lahinch, Marion. And oh. I, I think it's just like, doesn't it heighten that awareness of how we, we, things that we took for granted, you
1: know. Oh, we were so lucky, weren't we? We were so lucky before this. And, you know, for most of the time, normality is kind of regarded as barely adequate. But normality is actually fabulous. You know, like, we all have, like, small pains or small, like, um, worries you know, in a particular day, but like to have your freedom, like to walk down the street and to go wherever you want and to hug people and to have close-up conversations and stuff. And As you say, like to go swimming and to, to, to do these things where there are lots of other people, like to go walking in Wicklow. Those are normal things. And yeah, most of us, we didn't know how lucky we are. And I really hope when this is over that we'll absolutely, we'll be swaggering around going, Jesus Christ, Life is amazing. I'm sure yeah. we will for a while. For a while, <laughs> exactly. Um, do you do you feel the pressure?
0: Because um, you know you give so much of us joy, whether it's your books. uh, ask are, about- no, but you do though, and that, that sort of um, national treasure phrase is, is very
1: overused. Oh. For me. <laughs> no, like seriously, you know, for anyone who likes me, there's about 20 people who hate me. Book one, anyway. <laughs>
0: okay, let me let me continue. So, um. there's there's a sort, as well as national treasure you're also a bit of a national court jester like you do bring us up you're on twitter you make us laugh about your family about you know old woman who we're going to definitely talk about do you feel a pressure now um when you're feeling tired and you're feeling sad and you're not in that mode that you know people expect you to be is that something you've been struggling with
1: not exactly no i mean i sort of feel very safe here you know and there's you know it's a small number uh, uh, you know um And I feel like I can be honest and I can say exactly how I am feeling, which is tired and sad, really. Um, You know, it's funny, though. I mean, I've been, and this sounds boasty, and I really don't mean it to be, I've been swamped with requests to write things, to be on podcasts, to do radio shows, you know, to do Facebook Live things, to do Instagram Live. And the thing that broke the camel's back was last night. Um, An email arrived from... From, from a newspaper one saying, "Would Marion like to write an article about gardening and about the love of sitting in gardens and and I just Like, I I am not a gardener. I am not a garden person. Like, I hate the out there. Like, I mean, like, I even hate opening a window. I feel really nervous when the window is open, like, even at the height of summer. And I was like, Jesus Christ, do they know nothing about me? Why would the likes of me, like, be writing about gardening? So, I mean, but that was just me being entirely unreasonable. Um, No, most of the time, I don't, well, no, not the thing to be the court jester exactly. But uh, yeah, I suppose because at this stage I know what I can and can't do, and there isn't any point pretending to be something that I'm not, because because um, I'll only pay the price. And I I think people know when you're putting it on. Um, yeah. So no, really, I suppose no. But I, I I will not be writing the article about the gardens. <laughs>
0: I did some gardening. I, I think my friends are going to stage an intervention.
1: No, what yeah. I mean exactly? What the heck, What has become of
0: me? Right. I, think, right, I mean, all right, yeah. Honestly, begonias and gladioli. I was putting in the ground there. I don't even. I don't even have a yeah, garden. It's I'm going good. to give you a show of it. Like it's a yard. Can you see that? It's beautiful. There. And it, it only looks like that because I had a friend come around and put some things in the right places. I don't have a clue. Um. So tell us about Old Woman because she's cocooning and many of us have, yeah. um, you know, that, I think it's been very sad. I was just, I wrote a letter in the Irish Times today. We had some lockdown letters and I wrote a letter to my sister, Katie, because she's, my mum lives with her and she has three small children, her and her husband, and they've all made a decision not to go out at all during this time. So I don't know how she's doing it, like with three small kids not leaving the house because they didn't want to be in a position where they're bringing stuff back into the house and making sure they protect my mom at all costs. Yeah. I'm so grateful to her. And I think there's stories like that and everybody here has different stories around it. And you're the main person going to see your mom. Aren't you?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she lives on her own now. And, um, she, uh I have to organise her shopping through SuperValu, and uh, for any of you who have any deals with SuperValu, the delivery slots are like gold dust. I mean, you could be selling them on the black market for like billions. And um, so she gave me her shopping list the first week, and I kept saying to her, "Now look at, ma'am, we've no idea like what's going to be on the shelf when the man comes to put it in your basket." And she was like, "Sure, I know, I know, I know." And then, like the first delivery arrived, and she took the head off me because her 7up arrived and it was not the normal 7up, seven, seven Up, it was the mojito flavored 7up. Now I love the mojito one and it's actually quite rare. Like I actually travel to find it. Like it's a real treat for me. And like she was in a fury about it. Like how could they bring this horrible thing to her house when she wanted the normal stuff and what kind of Egypts were they? And then it wasn't what kind of Egypts were they? It was like, what kind of Egypt? Was I for ordering it? And I was like, "But I didn't order." it, They mustn't have had. It. So then, so what else? Oh yeah, an apple tart came that day, and she went bananas as well because she'd asked for a lemon cheesecake. Then this week when it arrived, the box. Burgess, can I say that is a
0: weird substitution for an apple tart? A lemon cheesecake. I cheese. suppose. I think they were. I'm with her
1: bakery, and like they were thinking, well, it's round, and it's uh, you know, it serves like six people. <laughs> And um, it's got a fruit in it, and it, it's two layers. So I think it must have been that. But yeah, then she ate the head off me because the tissues that came were in a square box, in a cube, and she likes the long tissues. And how could they be so stupid? Why would anyone want... see, the things I actually did pick out the cubed tissues because I like the cubed ones because they take up less room on your dressing table and then you have more room for the rest of the stuff. Then the worst bit was she'd order sausages and they sent cocktail sausages. And she goes, do they think I was having a party? Like, she was... Enraged, and I kept saying, "It's the substitution. It's the substitution." They mustn't. They must have run out. You see, and I just live my life seeking her approval, and she's never going to give it to me. Like you know, I'm fifty-six, and the head part of me accepts that she's never going to give it to me, but the kind of the the, the kind of the more raw emotional me just can't can't help it. Can't you know? Keeps going back saying. Say, good girl, Marion, but you won't. Well, that's not never been her way, has it? It hasn't.
0: It so hasn't. And even with the last book, because I mean, with Grown
1: Ups has done so well, hasn't it? It has, yeah. It's been lovely. Yeah, it really has. Like, people have been so nice to me and the reviews were lovely. And and so many people have contacted me and said that it has been an escape for them, you know, through all of this. and it has just been incredibly rewarding and and heartwarming you know it has been a really wonderful experience um so like thanks to everyone who bought it and who said nice things about it like I I really am so grateful. Now for anyone who hasn't bought it or read it yet um just give us a because it's actually the first scene,
0: I think it's an Easter isn't it it's like in a big hotel, yes. a big family event. Yes. That's what I was thinking when you were talking about Easter Lady, because you always go away with your family, don't you? And all the Red and yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. We we have gone to the Hotel Europe in Kerry for, like, I don't know, four out of the last six years. And yeah, and we were booked to go this year. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, poor Oscar. Oscar uh, is, is one of my nephews. He's, he's nine. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, his dad said to him, um, looks like we're going to we having a quiet easter easter boys and oscar goes you might be but i'm going to the hotel europe in kerry and and then they had to break it to him and like he hasn't been right since like he really, like he took it really bad and then my mother and maybe she has a point says that i have ruined them children that i have given them notions and expectations and that they would be unbearable entitled brats in later life but Trefeket, I enjoy it, you know. Um, so, yeah, the book, the first... They all go away as a family in, in the book, um, the Casey family. And, yeah, the first the first chapter we bit, it's a long bit, they all go to a hotel in Kerry by Lock Lane. So I never actually mentioned the Hotel Europe by name, but, yeah, it is entirely <laughs> based... It is the Hotel Europe.
0: And, I mean, the whole point of Grown Ups is that there's various grown-ups in the book who are not behaving very well or they're having troubles. And it's that idea that we... We just never get to that point where we've achieved all those things we thought we'd achieve and we're the people that we thought we'd be and we're now doing yoga and gardening. which I happen to be yes. doing it. I don't know. That's only because of the pandemic. That's normal service. Sta-
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the garden will disappear.
0: But yeah. you know the way, I think a lot of us relate to that. Like we thought we'd be much more together and actually...
1: Yeah. You know, and not even just in, in a kind of a lifestyle, that awful word way, but like in terms of our emotions. You know, I really thought like by this age, I would not still be seeking the approval of my mother. And uh, it just continually amazes me how, you know, people evolve in some ways and then stay stuck in others. Um, So, yeah, in the book, like most of them are wondering why, why they feel like they're failing, you know, why they, why they aren't like those kind of imaginary grown-ups that we all kind of want to be or would like to, to resemble um yeah like and I think that the sooner the, the whole myth of being an adult just is is taken down it's better for all of us mm. somebody
0: actually Jen Hogan who as I said you has two million and three children I know she doesn't she's got she's got like eight I think it's eight Jen I probably got it wrong but it's definitely a lot Jen just said about the complexity between um mother and daughter relationships just going back to what you were saying um, about your mum, that's like it's so true that it, it, you know, you, you, it's cast a certain way, and it's hard to move out of that, isn't it? The stereotype of what we're used to with our mothers.
1: H- how do you mean? Like with everyone? I mean, just yeah. like you know the way
0: you said that you wanted your mum's approval and have done for a long yeah. time. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you get, or it's no, just not you're so in that sure. dynamic, you know? Yeah,
1: and yeah, and that dynamic stays rigid. It does. Yeah, like well it has for me anyway you know I don't think I'll ever get to an age where she suddenly go oh all right I I approve of you now good girl it took a while but um yeah like that it's always going to be that way and and that other people have different relationships you know when people say that their mother's their best friend (laughs) you know like you you get on fabulous with your mother no I do
0: like I would say she's my friend I do really I didn't really miss her, like I talked to her a lot on the WhatsApp, but I had a, a very interesting experience, so I was doing a books podcast with her, because in, in true Irish nepotistic uh, style, obviously my mother, <laughs> my mother is in the book, the our women's podcast book club, and I was doing that splash. we got everyone to do their lockdown reads, which is available on Monday for anyone who wants to listen to the podcast, um, and in the middle of that conversation, so I'm in my bedroom with my microphone and all of that, and I'm on the phone to my mum, but like, it's grand. And suddenly, just talking to her, we were actually talking about Nina Stibby. That was it, Marion. I don't know if any of you have read her, but if you want to laugh at the moment, Nina Stibby is just a wonderful writer. Like, you know, along the lines of you, Marion, as well as, you know, she's got a book of reasons to be cheerful. Anyway, she's hilarious, isn't she, Marion? But yeah, um, it's great. We, we were just talking about her and we were having one of those conversations that I just love my mother for because we were just having the crack. And I just, in the middle of the podcast, I just started crying. Like, I just got really, I haven't cried about anything yet, really. And I just, I just really miss her, you know, and it really kind of came up to me. And I think that's what you were saying earlier about the sadness. It kind of, you get these grief attacks in different ways, don't you?
1: Yeah. 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 I really miss her, you know. Yeah, of course you do, because you're very, very close.
2: Yeah.
1: I miss Hannah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Tell us about Hannah. That must be awful. Oh. I saw an amazing picture of her. So tell everyone about
1: baby Hannah for people who
0: don't
1: know. Baby Hannah is um, my brother's th- daughter. And she's, hang on till I see. She was two in August. So th- that makes her about two and seven months. And she, um, she has Down syndrome, which is neither here nor there. She is just the most amazing person ever. She is just mad for the crack. Like she's in the thick of any rowdiness always. <laughs> And the thing that she really loves is um, when we sing happy birthday, because whenever a keys has a birthday, and because there are a lot of us, we have a lot of birthdays. We go to mama's house and we sing happy birthday. And then we blow out the candles and the person blows out the candles. And then we sing for he's a jolly good fellow. And we bang and, and shout and, you know, bang the table and everything. And Hannah adores this because like she, she loves rowdiness, do you know? Um, And so now on zoom, we've been singing happy birthday and for he's a jolly good fellow just so we can see Hannah get all excited. She's just, she's just joyous and and full of love and and blows kisses and she's just, she's just gorgeous in every single way. And she's very unusual for a child in that she's completely people-centric, you know, like she's great on eye contact like and she's great on sort of, what, what's going on lads? you know and she's no real interest in other children it's it's like you know where's the party where's the crack um yeah i miss her i just want to give her a ginormous squeeze such a squash <laughs> yeah. i really yeah. do she's just fantastic well listen we also have to talk
0: about hair okay because i know hair. all of you i'm say without exception have been thinking things about their hair myself yeah. this this hair which someone complimented earlier thank you very much olivia really appreciate it this hair was brought to you today by this tiny bit of this that i have left which is this gray covering spray called magic retouch and i just wish i'd stocked up on this before if i'd been really clever but i have a little bit left and i spare i only i used it today just to you know because i haven't run that much of gray can we talk about hair and how your hair is getting on in this it looks very well Mary.
1: God, your son. Well, the thing is, I cut my fringe, and uh, and it's it is it is diagonal. Like this bit keeps lepping up. But I actually I dyed it, and it was incredibly successful. Uh, and you know the way they say, like necessity is the mother of invention. This is actually true in the, in the in the case of hair, because like whenever I like in in the before times, whenever I had to do anything publicly. I, I couldn't contemplate it without getting my hair blow-dried. Like, I felt so raw and ridiculous with my own hair that I needed glossy, swishy, fabulous hair. And I've been doing it myself. And it has actually been quite rewarding. Um, the Babyliss big hair dryer... Is yes. I swear to God, it is the only hair invention, in my opinion, that has ever worked. Um, like the straighteners burnt my hand and like cooked my hair. Then that second secret curl thing, I got my hair cut on it and like I was going around with like the thing hanging off me for like I was afraid I was going to have to cut a huge hank of hair out. Um and yeah, I've tried various other things, but the babblous big hair is is an utter godsend. And there is a quiet pride now in that I am capable of doing my own hair. And I don't know whether it's my standards have slipped or not in the last four weeks, but like, I think apart from the gammy fringe, that it is acceptable. Um, Very good, Marion. Very good. Just our our idea of what is acceptable has changed because, you know, it's like we're in wartime now and, and, you know... (laughs) uh, please forgive me that was a crass remark I don't really I I don't mean it but you know circumstances are not normal Um, so yeah the hair has been has been quite quite a revelation that's one good thing that has come out of it for me anyway I am freed from the shackles of the blow dry
0: well that's amazing because we were all um, captive to that actually Lisa Lisa just said that um, she was planning on straightening her hair while doing this and then she realised like everyone would see her (laughs) but I think um we're all having different hair issues. And um, I'm really impressed that you used a box uh, dye job and it was successful. Because I'd be terrified. To,
1: um, I used to do it in the olden days. And uh, it was a lot harder then. I don't know if, if they've got better. Um, but like the, the brand I used was Josh Woods. Hair or something like that. Now, I know nothing, I knew nothing about him beforehand or him or whatever. um But everyone, you know, all them girls on the Instagrams were saying, oh, he's great and all. And actually, it was really good. And you get all kinds of lovely things like you get gloves, you get latex gloves. Mm-hmm. And then you get like this cream to put all along here so that you don't get like the dye down onto your forehead and along your face and all. And then you get a lovely wipe in case you do get the things on your mm. face. And wipe off. Yeah. So I thought it was great, um, and I I'm a pay have nobody now. I'm not. I'm not saying it because I've been given free yolks or anything. Like I paid like everyone else.
0: <laughs> Valerie said that the Josh Wood touch-up is very good from Boots. See, I'd just be embarrassed going into Boots to get that grey roots thing, like and nothing else. So I'd have to. I'd have to have loads of other mediciney things. Oh. Like, actually it's really another thing on our podcast on monday is that um the sale of sex toys and all of those things lubricants has really gone through the roof take of that what you will okay.
1: absolutely we have to make our own entertainment
0: now we do now the other thing we to talk about uh, which again we're not equating with anything particularly important because obviously there's lots of things going on at the moment but you did something on instagram which went down very well and it was a foundation olympics where you pitted all these foundations against each other. So tell us about that and the joy it brought to people because people loved it.
1: Yeah, it just because I can't do anything productive at the moment. And one of the things about this strange time is that I am absolutely obsessed with cosmetics and and skincare and face masks and, and beautifying, which is kind of weird because nobody can see me except from all the Zoom things. And I was awake in the middle of the night because my sleepiness is, is gone to hell as well. And I don't know, just, just I, I had bought a couple of foundations in, in the, the couple of days before before the shutdown. But I was just thinking, I wonder which one is better. And it was just one of those moments of genius. <laughs> So I thought I'd do the World Cup of Foundations, but I needed eight. And as it happened, I had nine, but one of them was a really old one, the Chanel one. Um, and it did consider coming out of retirement for one last job, but then we decided against it. And it was such fun because on one half of my face, I do the NARS something or other. And then on another, the other half, I do the Fenty and uh, and then people would vote. And so I did four quarterfinals, two semifinals, and then the grand final. Very good and which one won tell us the results the um the the Estee Lauder futurist hydro rescue um won but it um it was tight uh, it it just beat the fenty the hydrating fenty pro filter um they're both lovely foundations i love them both i mean i love them all like I wish I had about eight faces so that I could just put on different foundation on all of them every morning.
0: But like, this is the, this is the first time I've put makeup on. Like, I mean, I sometimes put some red lipstick on for some of my little friends Zoom things just, just to make myself feel a bit better. But you know what happened to me before? Do you want to hear my sad foundation story? Yes. Yeah. It's not pandemic, you know, sad. It's just ordinary level sad. And um, I had a love, my lovely bottle of Armani um, foundation. I can't even remember what it's called because I'm really crap with the names you probably know you know the nice one the sort of lumen luminous yeah. one marion yes yeah the, L- armani luminous or something like that i don't know <laughs> and i had it at the bottom of my rucksack because i don't take care of anything and of course i slammed the rucksack down and the thing oh. smashed into smithereens in my rucksack so everything in the rucksack got covered yeah. and then i remembered that when i was buying it the lady had given me this much oh <gasps>
1: yes <laughs> i got given one i got given um a little sample bottle as well
0: so this is what I have left. And like, I've probably, I mean, I've t- just a little bit of it left. So that's my sad foundation story. That's But, no, uh,
1: but it's not entirely sad.
0: Did you see. <laughs> no, it's a good news story. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but people really, I think people do want to talk about normal things as well. Because, I mean, I'm good. Like, you know, I relate to what you're saying about the sleep. I'm finding it difficult. And what I'm doing is I have my earphones on and my Bluetooth earphones. And I'm just listening to BBC World Service. And I'm literally falling asleep eventually with that in my ear, which isn't as terrible as it sounds because it's not just all about COVID, but it's also very, it's very interesting documentaries and things. So I think everyone's finding their different ways. Yeah. It's kind of comforting. I just like those English voices
2: or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm listening to audio which is lovely. And are you uh, getting up every morning putting a full face of makeup on then as well? No, I'm not putting the full face of makeup on. But if I'm doing a Zoomy thing, I will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as I said, like, I've been abnormally busy. Um, So, yeah, but I've enjoyed putting the makeup on. Like, in the before times, it was such a treat to get through a day without having to kind of put stuff on because it was such a delight to get to the evening and have nothing to take off. Um, Mm. But I am enjoying it now. You know, and I'm taking far more um, effort with it. It's very odd. You know, and the, another thing I'm doing is I'm cooking an awful lot. Like, yeah, dinners, like proper dinners out of a book. like with so What are you of, making? What are you making? A lot of Nigel Slater, like lovely things, things with aubergines and, and pomegranates and mm. yeah, fancy things, you know, fancy things that require effort and concentration. And that I find helps kind of, well, I mean, I ne- uh, all I think about is food anyway. And it's just nice to look forward to a nice dinner. Um, yeah. Keep going, like. Do you know what the thing is?
0: I'm finding, and my friend Catherine, who used to, she was the restaurant critic, and she is not doing that anymore because there's no restaurants. But we were talking about um, how you can do things now that take a bit of time. So, like, you can just decide yeah. you're going to caramelise some onions. But, like, you can, like, spend, I don't know, an hour you can make them, Last very long, and then suddenly the the house smells of all these beautiful caramelized onions or soups. I'm making a lot of soup, like I'm just making well, the girls made sweet potato and chorizo soup, and it's definitely that comfort factor, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah, that is such a true thing. But there is time, you know, because before it was like, Jesus Christ, there's too many things to do, and there's so little time, and let's just do the easiest version of anything. And yeah, I think you can. Fiddle around with aubergines for 45 minutes. You know, like, and that would have seemed like far too much time before. So, yeah.
0: And you know the way you wrote Saved by Cake when you were in a particularly tough time yeah. of your life? And then when you, did, when you did that, it was one of your figaries or vagaries or whatever you call it. Yeah. And then once you kind of got the bacon out of your system, it was gone. Are you
1: going back to that at all in this? Um, I got your the time? urge. I did. I got have the you? urge. But I haven't acted on it, as they say. Um, I had given away an awful lot of my tins and stuff like that because every time I'd even look at one, I'd get that kind of memory of how I used to feel when I was, was kind of baking around the clock. And I just... I didn't want to feel that way uh, but Tony had put some back up in the um, attic so when I got the longing on me he got them down and, and do you know what then I couldn't find a flower was sold out everywhere and funnily enough I had to hijack Mammy Keys's um one of her orders from Super Value so she get the head off me for that as well why did they send me flower who I didn't want flower not ask for flower and I said no the flower is mine and uh so So after I got the flour, the longan had gone off me a bit, but they're all still standing by, you know, and I've got me cupcake, um, little paper holders and all. Um, I'm hoping it won't come at me too bad because when I was doing it before, like I could, you know, offload them onto the neighbours until I gave them all type 2 diabetes. And then I wasn't so popular. Um, But at the moment, if I, anything I bake, i will have to eat myself and, that is actually incredibly attractive but I'm not sure you know further down the road it would be good for me so I haven't done it yet and I mean honestly you know putting my makeup on is my creative outlet at the moment you are listening to the women's
0: podcast brought to you by green and black's organic chocolate discover a different kind of dark I was thinking about um, mental health and stuff. And I know you were on Brezzi's uh, podcast about that as well. And, you know, meditation and things. Are you finding anything is working or, because I, I think for anyone who has precarious mm. mental health or is prone to feeling a bit vulnerable, this, it can, this is a really tricky time. It's really difficult. Mm. Have you got, yeah. found any coping mechanisms?
1: I think a routine for me is important. Like, you know, there is no reason to go to sleep at 11 o'clock. You know, I can read through the night if I, if I want, but I think it's, you know, cause I've no reason to get up at the moment, but I think it's really important to kind of stick to go to sleep when it's dark, when it's nighttime for me, you know, and have a breakfast, a lunch and a dinner, um, things like that. And other things like keeping the, the house clean, like washing myself, um, you know, when I don't feel good. I mean, I hate washing myself at the best of times. Like, I absolutely hate water. Um, and, and I, have, you know, it doesn't take much to make me say, ah, feck it, I won't today. Um, but it's important because when I do all of those things, I feel, I don't, it gives me a sense of kind of self-worth or something. Um, you know, it, a lot of people have been trying yoga. Um, I will say the thing that you said earlier on about the origami and everything. That appalls me. Like that actually, I am aghast to see people. Well, look, if people can do it fair play, it's the people who don't do it and who feel incredibly unworthy because they're not. You know, it's those people who are thinking, hey, we've got all this time. We should do it. You know, we should write the play we were always going to write or we should, uh, you know, learn how to be a yoga instructor online. And I think it's really important to remember, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. This has never happened to us before. This is a completely new, dislocating, shocking event for us. And for most of us, we've never lived through a war. You know, we have never experienced fear or, or that shocking sense that we are not actually in control. We've never experienced that before. I think we've always felt we've got technology, we've got our intelligence, we've got our this, that and the other. We can, we can choose how we want to live our lives and suddenly all of our power, all of our autonomy has been taken away and it is scary and it's kind of on a fundamental level we're having to kind of recalibrate our relationship with the world, with power with our frailty, you know, with the fact that we could get this virus, um, and that is very, very frightening. And and then for people to come along and say, "Well, hey, you know, you've got all this downtime. Why don't you write a symphony or let's all learn Korean?" Like it's bullshit, you know. And like I can barely get through the day without having two naps even though I hate that word, I shouldn't have said it, uh, without having too little sleeps. Um, you know, and then for poor people to be feeling inadequate because they're not, mm. you know, so um, I, I, I really, really dislike hearing, hearing the boasty boasters saying, they've like, look, I mean, if people have managed to learn something new, good for them, weirdo. But, you know, for those who are hearing this, I think, well, I should be. Take the shit out of it. You know, for anyone who is getting through the day without, I don't know, drinking their heads off or, you know, rolling around on the floor screaming, you know, you're already doing everything you can. Um, so, Jesus, how did I get onto that, rant?
0: No, it's good. I think you're, as Jen Hogan just said you've hit the nail on the head. That feeling of, I think there's a lot of people feeling inadequate, you know, like they're not yeah. doing all these things that you're supposed to be doing. And at the end of it, we're going to feel like, Oh no, what did I achieve during the pandemic? It's just ridiculous. Oh my God. Yeah, the other but thing I is... I did not
1: achieve anything.
0: Although I say I did spend two days learning Lover by Taylor Swift on the guitar and I've done that. So... Yeah. You know.
1: And if you enjoyed it and you felt able... I did. That's wonderful. It's the people who don't feel able, which is most of us, you know, which is me, um, then we should allow ourselves to be afraid and tired and you know I mean my head is not working to optimum levels like it's absolutely not you know it's slower to make connections and far less articulate um you know so how could I be learning something new Mm. you know because all of my energy is either going to scanning the horizon watching out for danger or kind of internalizing this new reality all my energy has gone on both of those things. There's nothing left over for the Korean. Yeah,
0: although it's interesting people's perspectives on this because Ailish just um, texted there saying she's normally kind of anxious or can be prone to that. And she's finding this a very calming time. So it's, it's interesting how it, it kind
2: of yeah. changes for people. You know?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, many of us lived very, very busy drenched lives when there wasn't enough of us to go round. And when we are obliged to stay in our home, it brings other worries, but all that stress, that kind of quotidian stress is removed. And that can be, I mean, that can only be a good thing. I mean, living in a perpetual state of high anxiety is, is horrendous. And when many of the causes of that are taken away, it's good.
0: So now the other thing is relationships, Marion, because there's people going to be talking about these Corona divorces that are going to be happening. Mm-hmm. There's some people finding, like on the extreme end of it, we just did a podcast about the absolute terrible fact, um, maybe not surprising, but the fact that calls to women's aid and all of that mm-hmm. are gone up. And there are people for whom staying home is the most unsafe option for them. Mm-hmm. And I just can't bear thinking about it. Oh, so there's, there's that on that end. But there's also, I think, a lot of people... <laughs> stuck at home with their partners and not or learning stuff about them perhaps or not enjoying it as much and are thinking "When this is over now so I was just wondering how you're getting
1: on <laughs> well the thing is um I, you see I've always worked from home yeah not always but in the last 25 years or so and so has himself um so in many ways we haven't had that huge adjustment where we're suddenly kind of trapped in the house together, looking at each other, thinking, oh, my God, I hate you. Um, you know, we always gave each other, we always worked in different rooms and, you know, we didn't kind of see each other until dinner time. And and that kind of is kind of the same. I mean, I feel for him because like he's a great man for like going out and running the hills and, do you know... These up and down mountains, and lovely. he can't do that anymore. And he—he's um, taken to running the the circumference of our two of our two closed area. Um, but mostly, we're grand, you know. Um, definitely, we are both narkier than usual, you know. It's—I'm um, certainly on a much shorter field. Um, he doesn't—he's very calm but I think he's less calm than he would normally be. Um, so, I mean, our, our adjustment hasn't been as severe as other people's suppose. The impact hasn't been as brutal. Um, but then you hear about the things, as you say, about the sex toys, and that's kind of nice to think that people are enjoying themselves. You know, fair play. I'd
0: have I'd to give out. a shout-out to Shauna Scott from sexshopa.ie. If yes. anybody is thinking of experimenting or for their collection or any of that sort of thing. We have a very interesting segment on Monday where you can learn all about uh, a lot of things I had never heard of, I have to say, Mary, but I'm obviously very sheltered. Yeah, you really need to, to check it out. And Actually, really- I have to feel, feel for the woman who just texted there, I, and I don't know your name, because I think it's Lat Lungs is the name. It said that she's discovered her, her boyfriend likes to sing Bat Out of Hell a lot. Oh my
1: God, that's awful. That was- I'm so sorry for you, Jesus she- <laughs> Christ... What a shock. Sorry, I need a moment. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. I am so sorry to hear this. I really am. We're all here for you.
2: Um,
0: listen, I think really could, uh, this has been brilliant. I've really, I think for the first one, you can give us a like that if you think it's good so far. If it, you, don't not do it because that would be terrible. Just do it anyway, even if you didn't like this it. one. <laughs> um, we we're going to ask, if, get a few questions. So if, and I think, in order to facilitate a few people. So we keep them quite kind of short and, and um, just questions rather than comments because you can put your comments in the text thing and we'll get try and get Marion to answer as many as possible in this little short time we have left. Marion, this has been brilliant. Do you know what's been great? Because we sometimes go for club sandwiches and we, we will love. again go for a club sandwiches. Yes, sandwich.
1: we will, we will. This, is-
0: <laughs> this has been great as well, it just has. to see you and just to have it the has. chats. Um, so hands up who would really, really like to ask. Oh, very shy. Oh, okay. Kate, are you now with us?
2: I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi. Ah, this is brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs> I can't believe I'm just chatting to you guys. Um, my question was to you, Marion, or else yourself, Rosine. Have you any nice uplifting books that you've been reading that would, as someone said on the comments,
1: would nourish your soul at these times? Kate, have you read... The Cazalet Chronicles by Elizabeth Jane Howard. Um, they're five books. Um, they're, they were written... Actually, I don't know when they were written, but they're about um, an English family. It's a family saga, but um, high-end family saga. Most people run screaming when they hear that word. Um, they are the most compulsive, the most readable, the most... They just really get in into you. Um, the characters are amazing, and... You know, because there are five books, you can absolutely disappear into them for a long time. Um, A book that I love, and I can't can't stop banging on about it, is called Gravity is the Thing. And it's by um, an Australian writer called Jacqueline Moriarty. I find it's quirky, it's funny, it's a bit mad. But apart from the mad bits, it's very grounded and very real about relationships and love and, you know, family relationships. they're they're the ones that for uplifting they're the ones I'd recommend or just one other thing E.M. Delafield um who wrote in, in the 30s she wrote Diary of a Provincial Lady and there's several in the series they're gas they're really gas they're lighthearted. they're they're just you know observational comedy they're they're really really enjoyable um so yeah so I hope some of them help
0: mm. I'm going to say Nina Stibby as well Kate
1: because oh, Nina oh, Stibby of course ah. yeah, yeah. Yes, start with Love Nina, which is... Yeah, Love Nina. Favorite. I haven't actually read that yet, Marion. Oh my God, read, that's so, my favourite. Okay, cool. Well, she's
0: brilliant too. So I'm actually, sorry to plug it again, but on Monday we have a whole episode about lockdown reads and things, uh, recommending all sorts of different, on the Women's Podcast, so tune in for that. Okay, there was someone else very, very anxious. Was it Lorraine who really wanted to ask the question?
2: Hi, Lorraine. I suppose, uh, my question, Marion, is an age-old question that every single person who is writing, like yourself, <laughs> will ask you. Um, can I ask you, what do you do when you're trying to, I suppose, um, get re-motivated or re-excited about something? How do you do that? How do you refocus yourself? I know.
1: Okay, Lorraine, so you've written part of a book, is that right? Yes, I have. Okay, and it's a while since you've worked on it?
2: It is, and the lockdown is like my, my opportunity. Like you're saying, okay. it's the time for dreams
1: to come true. That's the way I'm looking at this. This is my... All right. Well, yeah. I think, first of all, lower your expectations about dreams <laughs> coming true, you know? No, seriously, because this is about surviving something horrific. Because this is, is not a holiday. It's, it's but, Saturday night. It's Saturday night.
2: I'm talking to you. I've read all your books. And on, on Tuesday, it is my birthday, and I got this today from my niece. I don't know if you can see it, but this is the birthday right. card that I got. A very That's nice beautiful. birthday card. Very That's gorgeous. So I think I'm
1: just full of love, excitement and yeah. happy. All right. <laughs> okay. cool. in, the first thing you do is you reread everything that you've written and okay. you try and reread it with a critical eye. You okay. ask, her, if I was a reader, if I had not written this, mm-hmm. if I was a reader and I had just stumbled across upon this, what would I think? Would it convince me in any way? You know, and you're going to have to be fairly brutal with yourself about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and look at what you have, see what's worth keeping and see, you know, and be, and be, be harder with yourself about this, like junk what isn't working. Mm-hmm. And, 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 ask yourself what needs to to happen. You know, is is the character not fully formed? Is the plot not there? You know, what is the balance wrong? Is the tone not what you want? You know, ask yourself those critical questions. Um, So be your own worst critic at the moment. And and you'll know, like, if, if you can be that honest and brave with yourself, you will know then what you need to do to go forward. And, you know, the fact that you have written plenty already is is really excellent because so many talk about doing it and never actually do. So I really wish you well. And, you know, if progress is slow, remember global pandemic, you know, not a sabbatical, not a holiday, global pandemic. You know, so go easy on yourself. But, you know, easy does it, but do it. So I really wish you well. Right. Thanks.
0: Excellent. Um... I just want to put a shout out for Emer's very large wine glass. Like it's the biggest wine glass I've ever seen. So I just showed it up there, Emer. (laughs) Very good. Um, Anybody else want to ask a question before we have to go? Uh, I see my sister Katie's just joined. She's amazing. Shout out to my sister Katie. She's fixing her hair there. Looking good, Katie. Uh, Oh, okay. Sinead. Okay, so Sinead.
2: Sinead, what would you like to ask Marion? Hi, Marion. Hi, Marion. Uh, it's it's a similar follow-up question actually when you're talking about the uh being critical of your own work and going back and reading it again i just wondered how many rewrites do you typically do on a novel or does it vary how many drafts do you do before it's ready to go
1: okay i only do one draft i'm not like the people who do like one speedy crappy first draft and then you know and a better second draft and then a you know, a more polished third draft. I write really, 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 really slowly. Um, And everything is fully formed before I can move on. And then I might get a bit further on and I realize more things need to change. So that's how I work. You know, I really, there is no wrong way to write a book. Um, I really wouldn't get hung up on drafts and how many other people do. You know, write your book the way Sinead wants to write her book you know, like there, there are stupid rules. And I, I just, I hate to hear them because people feel like they're doing it wrong. You know, it doesn't matter how you do it. You know, you can write in any kind of, you can mess up your chronology, you can move things around, you know, it doesn't matter. There are no rules so long as write it. And, and, you know, closer to the end, you can knit things together and you can, You'll have a better sense of what needs to stay. So, for me, the idea of several drafts and how many is the optimum amount is 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 in no way helpful. Um, and I hope that helps you. It, it doesn't matter; just write it. Uh, brilliant. Has anybody else got a question? I'm probably time for one or two more.
0: Oh, Emer <laughs> with the big wine glass. Okay, I'm going to unmute you, Emer, and you can uh, walk
2: away there. Thanks. Thanks, Roshi. Marion. I just wanted for the sake of our
0: lives, I mean, it's it's awful and it's wonderful what's happening, right? That's what I hear you saying. So for the sake of making the most of this situation, how long do you think it needs to last for us to hook onto something that makes it
1: even something that's a little bit long-lasting for us before we revert to type? Thanks. I haven't a clue. My God, that's such a huge question. And I know nothing. Like, I'm just... I'm just a, a citizen trying to get through, and I think I was going to say, you know, the pandemic—the pandemic—is what everybody wants to make it for themselves. But I really don't think we should be regarding it as anyway as an opportunity for anything. I, I feel that's a very, it's a very late capitalist way of looking at it. You know that we need to be constantly productive, and that every negative has to be turned into a positive. I think. It's up to every individual to mind themselves and to get through this incredibly frightening unprecedented time in the way that keeps themselves safe Um, and thinking about will our world be changed for the better or for the worse at the end of it, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think it's helpful to look at it. The world will be what it will be and human beings will be what they will be. I don't think that this is an opportunity. I really don't. I mean, I think an awful lot of people have already lost their jobs. You know, people have been incredibly, they're in awful fear. Um, And I think it is just down to every single one of us to survive as best we can and to be as kind to as many other people as we can be. Uh, for me, that is the only aspiration that I have for me through this time. So I'm sorry that I can't give you anything better. I, I think we should keep it small and keep it kind.
0: Hmm. I know it resonates with me and um, I'm sure with with all of you. Uh, this has been really great. Just. Just such a lovely thing. It's really weird, isn't it, that we can actually connect in, in some way. And I have to, I've been looking at all your comments as you've been coming in. So, such beautiful comments, such interesting ones. I love the one about the fact that you can order uh flour from the Polish bakeries. So I don't know who said that, but it's a great idea because I That's have a friend funny. who's constantly trying to score flour. Not yes. mention any names, Jerry Godley there, if he's <laughs> listening. <laughs> um, we'll maybe just have one more. And I just before we yeah. have our last question. I would just like to say some of you are subscribers to the Irish Times and you probably know this is a very difficult time for us in the newspaper that all of us are working outside the building but still producing the newspaper and we have so many new subscribers which we're just so grateful for and we just want, I just wanted to say that we really appreciate it and that we're going to keep doing our best to bring you all the news that's, you know, not fake news and give you all the information about this virus and this situation. And also to mention that we have a daily podcast called Confronting Corona, which gives you all the statistics and all the information if you want to tune into that. Because I know a lot of people don't want to hear it all the time, but also people do have a need. So um, just thanks to all our subscribers who are here. And just if anyone's thinking of subscribing, we'd be very grateful for that too, because it's such an uncertain time. And we hope that we're bringing you good stuff in the Irish Times. So that's the end of my my little ad there. But give us one more question and then we'll hit the road and maybe you'll have some more wine at home or whatever you're going to do. I'm not going to judge you. Whatever you're doing at home on a Saturday night. Oh. Anyone else want to ask? Olivia, have you got a question from California over there? Yes. Okay, Louise. Thank you, Louise. Go on.
2: Well, do you think do you think people will want to revisit this? Do you think they'll want to see movies about this? Do you think they want to read books about it, or do you think that they'll just want to extinguish it from memory and go on? What do you think? I know I don't want to ever revisit it.
1: I don't either. I mean, I think it's so. It would be such a dull book or film for most people and and incredibly traumatic you know if we're talking about frontline workers you know uh, I I definitely I don't want to know you know somebody said to me the other day like have you thought about writing about it and I was like Jesus Christ you know that? why would anyone want to like it's so unpleasant um no no like once I mean once it's over I can't imagine looking back with rose-tinted glasses at all. You know, I'll be I'll be re-embracing normality um, with with kind of such such fervour. Personally speaking, no, not for me. Um, I, I don't know how other people will feel though.
0: Okay. Right, well, Marion, I'll leave the final word to you because you are our special guest this oh, evening stop. and I'm really grateful because I know you are tired and you are sad and you're not totally yourself as many of us aren't completely ourselves. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come no, talk to us. Lovely. because you thank you to everyone. But you supported the Irish Times Women's Podcast so much over the years and we're really, really grateful, um, especially not at this sorry. time. So um, leave us with a bit of final word, no pressure, but uh, what are your final thoughts?
1: Yeah. Please remember the gravity of of what you're living through. Just be nice to yourself. You know, have lovely things to eat. Have as much wine as you can get. Um, You know, and try and just get through each day. Like, keep it in the day, I suppose. And um, keep your distance. Wash your hands. um, Look after your neighbours. And, you know, and this is going to be over. You know, one day, you know, you'll go to yoga classes again and you'll hug your niece, and you'll go swimming in the Hinch, and you'll go into the Brown Thomas's in the Sale, and <laughs> like all of those things, that, that time will come again. And also, I suppose, bear in mind small local businesses, you know, like so many small local businesses are really struggling, um, and there is an, an initiative coming, I think on Monday, maybe Tuesday, where people can buy vouchers and things, for like their local hairdressers, their local cafes, you know, their local small businesses that, that don't have any kind of cushion to survive this. So if you could keep them, you know, taxi companies, people like that, if you could keep them kind of in your thoughts, um, you know, so that we can get back to normal as soon as as quickly, and as quickly as possible and that everybody, well, as many people as possible will, will still have their heads above water. Thank you, Roisin. Thank you, Walter. I, re- I really realize I had one final question myself, yeah.
0: Marion. Are you still, uh, are you yeah. still fancying Simon Harris?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, I just, I think he's just him there with his little gray hair now, you know, <laughs> like it's hard for him, you know, and he's been so sweet. Yeah. Look at, I know he's a blue shirt or I know he's a Fine Gael. And I know that they, they don't care about us, but, um, he seems to. Like, I, I have drunk the Simon Harris Kool Aid. I really have. Please don't judge me. <sighs> Are you still watching, emotion? I couldn't possibly comment. Oh, on all that. right. OK, OK. She does.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Marion, that's a lovely way to end it. Thank you so thank much. You. And thanks to all thank of you. You've been a fantastic yeah, thank audience. You. I can't believe it's worked, that it didn't go wrong, that we all knew how to do the audio and the video and we're, what an achievement for all of us. So thank you very much. Please listen to the Women's Podcast. Please buy Marion's books because they're flipping amazing. Please support the Irish Times. It's really difficult. And thank you all. Let's have a big round of applause with the hands. Then.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. woo
0: Thanks very much to Marion Keys and to all our guests on our big Saturday night in on Zoom and, of course, to our sponsor, Green and Blacks. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Acast and all good podcast apps. If you want to get in touch, we love hearing from you. We're on Twitter and Facebook at ITWomensPodcast or email us on Podcast at irishtimes.com. The podcast is produced by me, Rosheen Ingle, and by Suzanne Brennan with JJ Vernon on sound. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.